I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Now, at your service. Welcome to the St. Louis Composting Garden Hotline with Mike Miller on the voice of St. Louis KMOX. Thank you, Stuart. And guess what, folks? It is September. We're almost passing the baton to fall in another couple weeks, but... This is Labor Day weekend, and have some fun. That's what it's all about. Saturday morning, we get together, and we have a good gardening stroll to start the show. But before that, maybe you've got some questions, or as you look out your window, you go, why is my tree already losing so many leaves? What's wrong with my perennials? How come they're really so saggy? My hydrangea, why is that flower laying on the ground instead of up on the stem, huh? I don't know. How about uh, your ground cover, your lawn? Or uh, maybe you've got some things inside in your tropical world that uh, you don't know how to take care of. It's still, that plant is so wilted. I don't know why. I keep watering it. Hmm. How about the impact of your dogs along your fence? How about potting mixes, soils, pruning, insect problems? Suspicious growth spots, transplanting, taking cuttings, and beyond. I'll share my knowledge to help you make a good decision, but the action you decide to take will be strictly up to you. And by the way, this is your show, and I appreciate you having me into your plant world. Another very important player is James. He's producing today, so uh, when you call, all he needs is your first name. He doesn't need to know why you're calling or anything else. And uh, I'll get you up on the screen, and then we'll go from there. I'm Mike Miller. I've been hosting the Garden Hotline since 1994. That's 29 years. Oh, my gosh. Besides that, on Saturday morning get-togethers like we're doing right now, I can come out to your plant world. Today, after the show, I'm headed out to Dardeen Prairie and uh, take a look around in somebody's yard. So You can go to my website, check out Walk and Talk. My website, MikeMillerDesigns.com. The homepage has my email address and phone number. Well, let's get strolling. This walk is brought to you by St. Louis Composting, 636-861-3344. So I looked up to the sort of the southwest. The moon was past full. It was full, I guess, two nights ago or so, I think. Anyway, it was starting to shrink away as the day was getting brighter and brighter. Bright sun on this Labor Day weekend. And uh, facing east, where I was standing, getting ready to take the stroll, 
South, or not south, just Highway 55. So many cars going by. I decided to go someplace I haven't really been in a while. I don't know if I've really ever been there, but it's the Church of St. Vincent de Paul. It's been there at that location since 1844. There's colorful pots on the top of the steps leading to the entrance doorway, and they declare enriching lives and serving people. There's some concrete urns with some trees growing in them as well. They welcome all comers. There's some flowering maiden grasses rising above. There's hardy geraniums below and a rose as well. And that's in a raised brick planter. Signage says parish hall this way and church entrance that way. There is a, on the side, on the south side of the buildings, there is a lawn and tree filled with, it's just a neat place. There's a pavilion type thing with lots of picnic tables and things like that. It does say no trespassing, but uh, hmm, I don't know what no trespassing means because I was walking around. Nobody called the police, I don't think. Anyway, so I just kind of wandered around, and there's some really huge old crabapple trees. They weren't in bloom now, obviously, but they were covered with fruits, so they had been blooming even though they're really old, bloomed early in the spring, got pollinated, and now they have little bitty crab apples hanging. And they're blending in with some zinnias, some sage, and some more hardy geraniums. They're on the opposite side, on the north side of the church, there is a kind of a walkway, and it has dogwood trees and hollies and hosta. And it sets the tempo, and it's dedicated to... All the people who, through the years, have really kept this church really looking great. The stained glass windows are 20 20 feet plus. Unbelievable. And the architecture reminds of how important churches were way back when, when this was built. 1844 just seems absolutely unbelievable. Birds were singing praises of the day as it begins and they were flying all over the place and having some fun. And it was just a very nice morning to be outside. So 314-436-7900 or 1-800-925-1120. If you have any questions, concerns, or comments, how about what you should be doing to your lawn, your cool season lawn? How about your warm season lawn? You can take a look at that. So... We'll talk to you in a couple minutes, and uh, we'll be back after these messages. News, talk, sports. The voice of St. Louis, KMOX. Yes, folks, 314-436-7900 or 1-800-925-1120. We have some phone lines open, and let's head over to Kay's yard. Hi, Kay. Hi, well, I have a few questions, if that's okay. Sure. Um, first of all, um, it does it do your lawn any good if you just aerate it and if you're not going to overseed or compost it? Oh, absolutely. Still aerate, okay. Yeah, I mean, what that does is uh, basically makes it so water can penetrate into it a lot easier, and uh, it just helps it breathe. Okay, good. Uh, and then on caladium bulbs, what's the best way to winterize them? Can I just bring my pots into the garage, or do you need to take them out of the dirt? 
No, you don't need to. I mean, you can, but you don't have to. It's just a lot, most people do simply because it's, uh, you know, they don't want the pots just kind of sitting around because they don't have the space. But uh, just realize that sometimes they, you know, during the wintertime, don't do it, you know, don't do any watering or anything. Just let them go totally dry. Okay. And then if you, um, if you take them out of the dirt, you do dry them off and put them in the brown bag? Yeah, just the put idea? them in a paper bag, you know, wrap them up so they're not like laying on top of each other. In theory, when you buy them in the stores, they're, they're in bags and they're on top of each other. But I just like to wrap each individual one with some newspaper and just stick it down in a paper bag. Okay. And then on barberry bushes, when is the best time to trim them? Uh, barberries, basically, it doesn't really matter all that much because they're so tough and so durable. But you're always better off not to prune during the summertime and don't prune, you know, in the middle of winter. But other than that, you can prune pretty much any time. Okay. And then if we can go indoors, I have a fiddle leaf fern, um, fiddle leaf fig. Right. Is what it's right. called. All right. Those leaves are kind of turning brown along the edges. And then I get some brown spots in the leaf. Plus the leaf is kind of a yellowish green. I tried doing a fungicide. Is that what the problem is? It doesn't seem to be helping. No, it's probably, there's not a really easy houseplant to grow because of the size of the leaf and everything else. So even if you have it in a bright sunny window and you're taking care of it as far as moisture goes and fertilizing goes and everything else, they just don't ever look as perfect as they do in some kind of picture online or in a catalog. Okay, and then so is watering. I do it once a week. Is that about right? Well, not necessarily. I wait until you start to see the potting mix shrink away from the inside of the pot and then water it at that time. But routinely watering on a you know scheduled basis. Sometimes you know our water, because of the chemistry of our water, tap water and things like that, it can have some impacts on uh, you know the plant material. But for the most part, that's not the case with the fiddle leaf fig. Yeah. Okay, so it's just kind of hard to grow. Yes, exactly. I mean, they'll okay. they'll survive and do well, and uh, but uh, they're never really going to look perfect. So you don't think it's a fungus? No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Well, thank you so much. Sure. And thanks. And let's head over now to Dorothy's yard. Hi, Dorothy. Hi. I have a question about a grapevine. We have a grapevine. Have had it for years. And some years we have more grapes than ever than usual. Uh, it just depends on the weather. Sure. This year was a lot of grapes, but we have had problems with. We do the initial picking, and then the rest. There's a ton of green green still left on, but they're just not ripening. There's well, I mean, there's not too much you can do. It's got to be related to the weather and that kind of circumstance. And even if his like you've found, every year is going to be a different situation, different scenario. So that's kind of what's happening. Okay. Because the first batch, I got a lot of them, but at least that many again. But they're, I mean, it's been two weeks since I last picked them, and they just don't seem to be ripening. But I guess I just wait. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And uh, there's not too much else you can do. All right. Just wait. All right. Thank you. Yep. And it sounds like you know how to grow them because uh, if you've had them for that long, you've been able oh. to harvest 
That's oh, we've really had them maybe for 20 years. Oh, my goodness. And uh, we trim them back, you know, uh, every old March or so. Right. And uh, they, some, like I say, some years they do better than others, but depending upon rainfall and so forth. Right. But this year was an abundant harvest. This is the most I've had in <laughs> 10 years. Oh, you're kidding. <laughs> no, oh, I think it was when, you know, when we got all that rain. Right. That might have just been the right time or something. <laughs> I mean, it's a roll of the dice for sure for any kind of plant material. So congratulations on your grapes. All right. Thank you very much. Yep. And now let's head over to Dave's yard. Hi, Dave. Hey, Mike. How you doing? Very good. I got two questions I want to know if they're related. So we got a garden that's about 40 feet wide by 100 feet long, and we're fighting the squash bugs. So is there anything I can do to... Uh, get rid of those. Uh, them. They're really a tough, you know, a tough insect. So, especially on a space that that's big, other than or that big, I mean, try. There's really not too much you can do. I mean, you want to use an organic. I'm assuming this is an edible garden type circumstance. Yes, it's a vegetable garden. Right. So, I mean, even the organic insecticides and things like that can have a, an adverse impact on the plant material. Just from the fact that the you know you're spraying it in the you know let's say in the heat or anything else, so there's not really too much you can do to be honest. Okay, then my second question is, what's your opinion on till versus no till? Oh, I think yeah, till. You, you know. think that we should be tilling? Yes, it just because. It, it blends. You know, it just kind of works the soil up and it narrates the soil and everything else, and keeps the drainage. Uh, as good as it possibly can be. Okay, so my wife uh, thinks that, you know, having grass in between the rows and just mowing that is fine. But I, my, in my opinion, I think it draws in more uh, insects because there's more foliage there to eat. Is, is that <laughs> is that correct? Well, not necessarily, but uh, it's, you know, having grass in, you know, I mean, you've got a big area. There's no getting around it, but... Uh, to me, I would not, you know, bother with grass in there. It just adds additional work. Right. Okay. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you very much. Sure. Yeah, I mean, I would consider just using a mulch or just, you know, having nothing, just like, a, let's say, a regular farm. But you have such a big plot. So we do have phone lines open, 314-436-7900 or 1-800-925-1120. We're right at the end of the time to get your pre-emergent down for your uh, cool your cool season uh, grasses. Not grasses. Well, there is a cool season annual bluegrass. That is a cool season annual weed. That's one of the things that putting a pre-emergent down this time of year will help control. Will help control henbit, dead nettle, chickweed. Persian speedwell, which is a really flat-growing weed that has a blue flower. Uh, there's also some rabbit foot clovers that will help, like, yeah, help control. So those are the things that get the pre-emergent down ASAP to try to get this under control. And what the pre-emergent does is when these weeds or anything is growing from seed and the seed germinates, it kills it off that's what it's all about. So it doesn't, you know, perennial type weeds like, let's say, dandelions, 
It will kill dandelion seeds that happen to be germinating, but it won't kill dandelion plants that are growing from the root system. So just kind of keep that in mind. Let's head over to uh, Kevin's yard. Hi, Kevin. Good morning, Mike. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. I was uh, looking for your suggestion on uh, what to do about my uh, pet. My dog has left uh, some brown spots from his urine, and uh, I wanted to see what you suggest to uh, get that to come back. Uh, Basically, you're just going to have to kind of work on it. Dog urine, the reason why it kills off, people used to think it was alkalinity of the urine, but it's not. It's really dog urine has a high concentration of nitrogen, so it's the nitrogen aspect of it is what's killing it off. So there's, I mean, you work on it a little bit, rake it, throw some seed in that spot, and just every every time, you know, I don't know what kind of lawn you have, but uh, it's just, you know, not too much you can really do. Okay, rake and seed. Okay. Right. All right. Thank you, Mike. Sure. My pleasure. And now let's go over to Mike Shard. Hi, Mike. Hey, good morning. How are you? Very good. Hey, um, I've got kind of a problem. I've been out here. I've got a couple acres about forty-five years, and all and we've got deer and uh, skunks and and red fox and you know squirrels. I've got a one maple out of eleven. They're digging holes around the base, three or four inches. Uh, wide and and deep all along the the root system around the base trunk of the uh, the tree out about ten to fifteen feet. What could be doing that? Whoa, that's kind of an odd you know odd circumstance. My yeah, guess, I, I can't believe it. With eleven and maples and you know reds and sunsets and all this other, I haven't got they haven't done another tree but this one tree. I don't know if they're coming out of this. Rushy area and 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 doing that or what? But I, you know, why it would just happen to this one, you know, one tree just doesn't make a lot of sense. Yeah, that doesn't either. I thought, well, if it was an acorn tree, they may be rooting for acorns, but, right? You know, oak tree, but I don't know. It's kind of crazy. Yeah, it really is. I, you know, I have no guess to be honest with you. What would be doing that? Oh, you think uh, the Department of Conservation or uh, Botanical Gardens would have an answer? Yeah, you might give them a try. Go to the mobot.org, you know, go to the website and see what they got to say. Okay. Hey, one other thing. Um, I didn't get my fig tree totally winterized last year, and it died back. I cut it back, and it came back, you know, real nice, and I've got a lot of figs on there, but there again— uh, maybe it's related to the weather, but there, there, there are a lot of them on there, but they're just not filling out and ripening and, and getting uh, to a point where you can eat any. Yeah, well, that's too bad. So this is a hardy fig you have growing outside, right? Correct, yes, yeah. yes. So there's uh, not too I mean, the acceleration factor, maybe the fact that you had to cut it back, that kind of slowed the process down a little bit and kind of offset as far as timing goes, as far as maturity and ripening. Okay, I didn't know if maybe it would help to cut some of the figs off so that the other ones could get more strength. No, the only time you really need to reduce, let's say, the amount of fruit, whether it's a peach tree, an apple tree, a fig tree, is just because of the weight of the fruit hanging on the branches can actually cause a crack someplace, and then that could lead to some problems. Okay, okay. Yeah, I didn't. That's kind of what I was relating that to is other summertime fruits. Okay, well, thanks a lot. Have a great holiday. Sure, you do the very same thing. 
And now let's go over to, let's go to Barb's yard. Hi, Barb. Hi, Mike. Um, question, my black-eyed Susans and uh, daisies, when they're finished blooming, which they almost are, uh, can I cut all of that off or do I wait till spring? Oh, no, you can cut it. Once uh, once they finish flowering and the foliage starts, let's say, heading downhill, then you can cut them back. Okay, so the heads doesn't, the heads on the uh, uh, daisies, uh, it doesn't make any difference, can cut all that off. Right. There's not a problem in doing that at all. And what I do okay. is I have some purple comb flowers. I cut, the, I cut them off basically a couple inches above the ground, and then I cut the flower head off because there's a bunch of seeds there, and I drop the flower head into the bed space so the birds can eat it that way as opposed to leaving them on the stem and letting the birds, you know, oh, oh, land. Oh, oh, okay. okay. Uh, likewise, uh, I have... Autumn Glory uh, Clematis, ah. uh, scads of it blooming right now. Uh, and one place it's overtaking my Japanese maple. Ooh. Uh, the, will that hurt it? It's about half covering it. I mean, I pull it off after it's finished blooming uh, that it won't hurt it right now. Uh, it's not really all that good for it, but yeah, the sweet autumn clematis is just prolific right now. It seems oh, a little I bit know. early. It's not quite as fragrant as you usually think of it, but yeah, it can create more or less an umbrella over the top of plant materials, yeah. oh, and then just... that can reduce the amount of sun that's hitting the leaf of the plant that it's growing no, on, mm, and that can weaken. A... It's just prolific. It's everywhere. Yeah, it is. Uh, uh, but it's it's been full bloom right now. Right, it's uh, it's spectacular looking throughout the you know the entire metro area. One other question: If I've got African marigolds that come up every year, just maybe thirty five, forty plants of it right now, if I cut those off after they bloomed a little more, <coughs> they'll come back. Or can I pull up the plant <coughs> and they'll still come back next year? That is going to be very iffy. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, I'll look into it some more. Thank right. you. Yep. I was probably not going to, but you never know. I mean, the way the global changing and climate change and everything else is happening. So 314-436-7900 or 1-800-925-1120. Back after these messages. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. 
So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. What defines us is who we are as a collective group and, and uh, how we progress and gain momentum through the season. The Coach's Corner with St. Louis City Coach Bradley Carnell. Mondays at 9.35 on America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Three one four four three six seven nine hundred or one eight hundred nine two five eleven twenty. We have phone lines open, so if you have any questions, concerns, or comments, please give us a call. Let's head over to Tommy's yard. Hi, Tommy. Good morning, Mike. Um, I have several areas of uh, various sizes of uh, dead grass in in my lawn, and I was wondering uh, how I could reseed that. Um, should I just uh, broadcast uh, seeds in the area or uh, remove some of the dead grass blades or what would you suggest? Please? Yeah, I would say rake it. Use not, uh, I mean, you could use a leaf rake. You don't necessarily have to use a garden rake, but, you know, scar the soil surface and then you can go ahead and put uh, grass seed down. I don't know if you have a fescue or if you have a bluegrass blend. You know, but if you have, if you're doing fescue, get a fescue blend. Don't just get a f- straight variety. And with the bluegrass, you're just going to get the the you know, it's there's not a blend of bluegrass. Let's put it that way. That's this functional here. And then make sure that you put seed starter type fertilizer down. Okay, very good. And uh, is this a good time to do it? Um, yeah, this is the ideal time. All righty, very good. And then. Uh, could you talk a little bit about uh, overseeding the, the whole lawn? I have kind of a United Nations lawn now of uh, about every kind <laughs> of seed, I think. So well, could you talk about that a little bit, please? Yeah. Ideally, you'd get to either have a lawn service come in and do some uh, power raking, you know, to get rid of the thatch. If you've got a lot of thatch in your lawn just in general, and a core aeration certainly wouldn't hurt either. You don't have to do that every year, but every couple of years it definitely helps. And then put the you know spread the seed, and then a half inch to a quarter to a half inch of compost on top of that would be the ideal circumstance. All right, very good. Thank you so much. Sure, my pleasure. And now let's go hmm, 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 hmm. see what's going on with Debbie. Hi, Debbie. Hi, Mike. Thanks for your show. Love listening to you. Well, thanks. Uh, I have a question. I have a Japanese maple in my backyard, and this year the very center branch going out of the main trunk never leafed out at all. I've been waiting on it, and it's a totally different color than the rest of the branches. When should I or when would it be safe enough to trim that off? Basically, the maples just in general would prefer to be pruned during the warmer weather versus the winter time. So, but when it's a dead branch, it doesn't really matter. So you can really cut it off whenever you want. Do I 
with it being in the very center of the tree and there's other branches that go out below it, do I cut it like to the next branch that's coming out? I don't want to kill the whole tree. Right. Yeah. You de- definitely want to cut slightly above the, you know, the, the branch that is still functional, still has foliage and things like that. Okay, am I okay using a pruning saw to do that with? And do I need to do it on an angle or put anything on the, um, I guess, what would be the wound after I've sawed it off? Right. No, you don't need to put anything on it. And, yeah, and cut it at about a 45-degree angle. That's going to help. Okay. It's just in general and just I don't know how big the branch is, but just make sure that you know, you sort of hold on to it and don't allow it to, like, fall and break or crack some branches that are below it. Okay. All right. Sounds wonderful. Thank you. Love your show. Have a good day. Well, thank you. And let's go over to Richard's yard. Hi, Richard. Hey, Mike. Um, I I, uh, am a moron complete (laughs) when it comes to uh, planting things, but this is the time of year when pruning is is to uh, take place, correct? It all depends on what we're talking about pruning. If we're talking about pruning things that bloom in the springtime, then no, because you're cutting off the flowers for next spring. Uh Uh-huh. What about perennials? Just, you know, cutting back the perennials, basically when they're finished flowering, then you can cut them back at that time. Um, And how do I cut them back? Uh, depends upon the variety, to be honest with you. So, if as you know, if the foliage is still looking good, don't cut them back at that time. And then, uh-huh. when, once everything kind of goes dormant, let's say turns starts turning yellowish slash brown, then with the perennials, for the most part, you can cut them down to you know a couple inches. Really? Oh, okay. Um, thanks very much for your help. My pleasure. And let's go see what's going on in Bob's yard. Hi, Bob. Hey, good morning, Mike, and thanks for having me on my show. Yes. Okay. Um, a earlier caller, uh, was subject was the pre-emergence this time of year. So how much time do you need? After you applied the pre-emergent, that it's safe to put some grass seed down? Uh, I would probably say at least 30 days, if not a little bit longer. Okay, so like September, October seems to be the best time to put grass seed down. So you would want to do it in like in August, the pre-emergent? Yeah, mid to late August is the ideal time to do it. Great. So, so about six weeks after, or a month after, or six weeks, you said. Right. I'm sorry. Yes, that's a, that's correct. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you for the uh, for the info. I appreciate your uh, time and effort you put into it. Thank you. Well, thank you. My, you know, my pleasure. And now let's see, Cindy's yard. What's happening? Hi, Cindy. Hi, Mike. Good morning. Hope you're well. Um, I'm calling, um, referring back to uh, the gentleman who had the really large um, vegetable garden. Mm-hmm. There's um, a kind of concept, I guess, going around called green mulch. And there's like, they advocate um, putting in on your walkways things like creeping thyme 
and also some clovers and stuff. So there's there's information, of course, on the uh, Missouri Botanical Garden website, and you probably could Google green mulch, and it's just instead of any place, instead of just putting the wood chips or the standard wood mulch to put in some low-growing ground covers, and it's, of course, great for the pollinators and everything else because it gives all the other insects some place to nest and to overwinter. Right. So just an option for them. Yeah, well, that's great. Well, thanks for the insight. Yeah, the Dutch white clover, I've actually you know, recommend that to, in a lot of different circumstances. And just so people understand that it is invasive, but beyond that, it's really a tough, durable plant. Right. So, okay. We'll have a great day. Yep. You do the same thing. And now let's go and see what's going on in Rich's yard. Hi, Rich. Oh, Rich, are you there? Doesn't sound like it. And let's go. Is it Elda? Elda, how are you today? I'm fine. What about you? Good. I enjoy your program. I just want to share a bit of information for whatever it's worth. Last week, a lady called saying she had caterpillars on her milkweed. This time of year, the most probable caterpillar on a milkweed is the monarch butterfly. (laughs) And maybe she ought to, you know, she could pull, if she's concerned that it's not, she could pull up an example on the Internet. But I hate to see her kill any, any more any more caterpillars than she needs to because the monarchs are having a pretty tough time. Right. No, I agree completely. Uh, okay. You know, this, I mean, I, mean I have some on my milkweed, and, you know, they'll eat up all the leaves, but the leaves are going to freeze come fall anyway. Right, exactly. And the milkweed's pretty much finished flowering, or, you know, the milkweed I have is finished flowering. Right. There are, and, so it doesn't really matter all that much. Right, and the only thing that the monarch butterfly caterpillars eat is that milkweed. So right. I just wanted to share that. So okay. thank you. I enjoy your program. Well, great. Well, thank you. And let's go back and see what's going on with Rich. Hi, Rich. Hi, good morning. Hi. Hi. Um, I'm a retired veterinarian. I, I did it for 40 years, small animal. And the gentleman that had called in about uh, the urine burning his yard the only thing I know of you could ever do, and I told people this all the time, is you got to dilute the urine. Right. So if you want to follow your dog around with the watering can and once <laughs> he goes, <laughs> you water the grass. Um, but that's about all you can do. There's really no pills, no nothing else is going to do any good. Right. No, it's that nitrogen content just is like putting fertilizer down with too much nitrogen. You screw your plant material. Yeah, well, I always tell people it's like you drop a handful of, of fertilizer in one spot. Right. And it gets brown there. And usually those brown spots have a green ring around them. Right. Because where it's diluted, you get really good grass right. growing. And where it's too so, concentrated, it's really bad. Yeah, so all you can do is try to dilute it with watering can, water hose, whatever. There's there's nothing else you can do. You really can't, you know, you can try to make the dog drink more, but that's <laughs> kind of a losing <laughs> battle. So. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, yeah but I, yeah, I, I I heard that question a lot over my career, and everything I read said nothing else will work. Right. you got to dilute it. However you can figure out to do that, that's the key. Yeah, I agree. Well, thanks a lot. All thanks right, for thanks, your insight. And 314-436-7900 or 1-800-925-1120. We have some phone lines open and back after these messages. 
This is the St. Louis Composting Garden Hotline with Mike Miller on the voice of St. Louis KMOX. Yes, folks, back to the phones we go. And if you do have any questions, 314-436-7900 or 1-800-925-1120. Let's head over to Rich's yard. Hi, Rich. Yeah, Mike. Uh, A friend of mine bought a uh, potted sunflower a couple of weeks ago and brought it out and put it on her deck. And within a day or two, it was dead. Any idea what happened? It might be variety-wise, because some of the sunflowers, I've had some that I've, you know, I grew in pots. They flowered earlier, and then, you know, then they have gone downhill. So it just depends upon the individual variety. There's a house up the street from me, though, that has sunflowers that are in, you know, full spectacular bloom right now. So it's probably variety-wise more so than anything. And then also, if they bought it in bloom at a nursery, it's, uh, you know, I'm not saying it was a bad plant, but it's just, again, the type of variety of sunflower that actually it was. How many varieties are there? There's, like, probably... Uh, I don't know the exact number, but there's numerous, like hundreds. Did you grow them from seeds? Some, yes. Some, okay, you, I mean, you can grow them all from seed, but you're going to have better luck with some. I grow, you know, some every year from seed. Okay, thanks. Yes. I mean, in, in the sunflower family, there's all kinds of different sunflowers. There's, you know, black-eyed Susans. The classic sunflower that produces sunflower seeds, you know, that there's a f- big fields of sunflowers that you can go, that they do mazes through. So there's just so many different types of sunflower. It's unbelievable. And let's see what's going on with Jane's yard. Hi, Jane. Hello. Hello. Hi there. Uh, what would be the best time to transplant a crepe myrtle that's about a foot high? Uh, you're moving it because? Because, well, it's uh, over at a convent, and they have a lot of crepe myrtles, and this is one that's about a foot and a half from one of the bigger ones. Ah. And, you know, it's probably just a random one that came up, or it's attached to that root of that one. Right. That's probably more than likely what it is, because they can Mm -hmm. be colonizers in a way, depending upon, again, the variety. And uh, mm-hmm. I would say wait until the foliage, you know, starts you yeah. know, turning color and then go ahead and do it at that time. Okay. Okay. And just give it plenty of water. Did I, would I fertilize it at that time or not? No, no, no fertilizer okay. on a, tra- you know, on a transplant. And okay. ideally, if you could, you would get a potting mix for starting plant material. When you okay. dig it up, put it into a pot and grow it in and then sink the pot into a hole in your landscape Perfect. And try to grow okay. it in the pot to see if it's going to be, you know, able to survive. Okay. And how about an elderberry? I have one that is getting huge. Oh, they do massive. I know. I know. I didn't realize that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm learning. Dr- <laughs> and they drop fruits all over the place. <laughs> I know. I know. Okay. Well, that's my answer. So uh, <laughs> uh, thank you so much for your help. Sure. My pleasure. And now let's go to Jan's yard. Hi, Jan. Hi, Mike. Hi. I'm wanting to know, and I'm waiting getting this done, I have terrible trouble with moles. 
what is the best way to get rid of them? And also, is it too late now to do trapping of them? Will they go dormant, or what happens with them? Well, they, they keep active as long as the earthworms are active. Because earthworms okay. are their main diet, so you know the ground is still warm, so earthworms are still active, so the moles are going to stay active. So they don't go basically into their, let's say, winter hibernation until probably it depends upon you know ground temperature and that depends upon you know the earthworm movement but uh, wow. you can still trap them easily okay so trapping is the best way to to get rid of them well trapping is one way but if you've got a lot of surface tunnels there is a product called kaput k a p u t and what that is is a gel that you inject into the you know into the tunnel and then as a you know active tunnels and as a mole yeah. comes along, it smells like earthworms, and it eats it, and then it kills them. Okay, kaput. Right, K-A-P-U-T. K-A-P-U-T. Right. Okay, I've got it. Thank you very much, Mike. Yeah, my pleasure. I certainly enjoy your show. Well, thank okay. you. And Jess, could you do it kind of quick? Yeah, uh, real quick. Uh, what kind of grass do I plant in a shaded area, and do I plant crocus in front of tulips and daffodils, or what, so that they come up and look pretty? Uh, you can put the crocus in front of them for sure. There's no getting around it. That works very well. And then in a shady spot, uh, success is going to be minimal because even with the shady spot mixes, doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to be a nice, thick, dense lawn, regardless of what you do. So just keep that okay. in mind. And uh, a good way to do it to keep your lawn as thick as you possibly can is put you know lawn seed down every fall and then again in the springtime. So let's say sometime in September and then again sometime in May and just do it twice a year with seed starter-type fertilizer. Thank you, sir. Yep, my pleasure. And if you do have any questions or concerns, we do have another hour of the Garden Hotline, which I'll be giving the tip of the trial, but 314 314- Four three six seven nine hundred or one eight hundred nine two five eleven twenty. This is a really the active time of year to be doing a lot of things. You know, analyzing how you know, your plant material did during this growing season, and then getting uh, you know ready for winter time. So see you after the news. Now, at your service. Welcome to the St. Louis Composting Garden Hotline with Mike Miller on the voice of St. Louis KMOX. Thank you, Stuart. And this is the KMOX Garden Hotline, second hour, which is the tip of the trowel, which is special on-air recognition for individual, group, or situation that's made an impression on me. And it's brought to you by St. Louis Composting, 636-861-3344. Right now, I have some phone lines open, and you can just give us a call, and you can get online, 314-436-7900 or 1-800-925-1120. And thanks for inviting me onto your show, where discussions can range from specific plans for specific locations. And more and more and more, I mean, through the years that I've been doing this, so many people don't understand that having good success with plants, so in other words, how big they get, they don't, they're not planning for mature sizes on 
their <laughs> plants that they're installing. And the location that they're putting them is not necessarily going to be the best, and it's going to cause potential problems down the road. I was at a meeting with some people this past week, and they put a southern magnolia, in other words, the ones with the plastic leaves more or less, too close to the house, and now it's causing them grief and problems and things like that. So those are the kind of things, yes, you can look at them and, and at, you know, when you're installing or having them installed or when you're buying them and installing them yourself. But look at maturity, and that way you'll save yourself some grief for the future. So, but please, as I remember, <laughs> as I share my thoughts and comments and everything else, it's not the only garden path to take to success. It's just strictly offered for you to consider. And James is here. He's producing, so he answers the phone. He just needs your first name, and uh, that's pretty much it. He'll put it up on the caller screen, and we'll go from there. I've been hosting the Garden Hotline since 1994, and we get together on Saturday mornings. But during the week and things like that, I can do an on-site consultation, uh, walk and talk. You can go to my website, MikeMillerDesigns.com. On the home page, there's my email address and phone number, and um, we can set up a time where I can come to your home. Today, after the show, I'm headed to Dardine Prairie, out there, way out there, across the river, and all that other stuff. Anyway, the tip of the trial today goes out to the... You know, this is a time of year where everything is so spectacular, so so nice and so colorful and everything else. But when winter comes around, it's kind of somewhat limited. But a good way to avoid that is to have house plants, tropical plants, that can flower inside that will give you oh, some good relief. The Gateway West Jesnerid Society is going to have its big show and sale next Saturday. So... What is that? It's African violets. So it's a, there's more plants to in the African violet group than just the African violets. And to have that color through the wintertime is really great and nice. My grandmother grew African violets for years. She had her kitchen windows were full of them. And then she had a uh, sun porch that she had uh, several of them out there as well. But it's uh, just it's nice to see some color in the wintertime. And if you go, this uh, the Jesnerid Society show is at the Botanical Garden, and the admission to the show is included in the garden, you know, when you pay to go into the garden. Or if you're a member of the Botanical Garden, then you well, obviously you go in that way with your membership card. But anyway, next Saturday from 9 to 5, the Gateway West Jesnerid Society annual show and sale. And uh, more information, you can go to Metro St. Louis AVC at gmail.com. So, ah, lots of stuff going on. 314-436-7900 or 1-800-925-1120. Let's go and see what's going on with Art. Art, how are you today? Yes, Mike, thanks for taking the call. Sure. And as you're out on Dardine Prairie, watch out for those tortoises. They're slow movers out <laughs> the way. 
That's true. Like I say, I might need justice on the lay bike to go ahead and pull some of these interrelated. But I'm mad about that plastic. I always recycle my bags to the grocery store, but I use those little Ziploc bags that sometimes I give you the sausage meat in. I fill them with water and I lay them between the species uh, growth in my rock garden. And of course, it's drip irrigation to it as well. You know, on crimson clover, you don't need nitrogen. However, the Dutch white clover, as you mentioned before, is a big saver to you with respect to fertilizer. Right. And ever since the 1980 Olympics, I've been sort of gung-ho on the nutritional content with respect to the various types of plants and beans and so forth. And they have high and low protein uh, soybeans. And I always wondered how that was done uh, with what kind of a, uh, infrared or what. But the thing of it is they say with protein molecule, the protein now molecule. Well, Art, I greatly appreciate your insight. So thank you very much for calling. So. You always have some great insight on various th- subjects and you know comments. Let's head to Brian's yard now. Hi, Brian. Yeah, I uh, used to work before my age caught up to me. I worked in a, a nursery and a, also was part owner of a lawn maintenance company. And I've got something that I think most people do not realize, and that is it's a comment, but I wanted to ask you a question when I'm done. Why do people think you've got to put wood chips and pile them on around the base of a tree in your gardens think, and think that's going to help your plants and in, in the trees to grow? In the opposite, it's suffocating the plants. It's dehydrating the plants from allowing the root balls to absorb moisture and things like that when it rains. Because I have cut down so many trees, they have died because of that, and I have removed piles of, of wood chips a foot to two feet high around the base of the trees and just put miracle Grow on there and actually saved a lot of trees from dying that could have if they had continued to keep the wood chips around them. Yeah. Who came up with the idea of doing that? I don't know. That deep is just absolutely crazy. <clears throat> you know, so uh, abs- you know, as uh, if it's like non-composted mulch, it's even worse because it binds up nutrients as well as a moisture factor, and then right. you know causes real definite problems. So that's, <laughs> you know, I completely agree. Too much of it is to the detriment of the plant material that you're trying to, and it's. I guess it's people you know kind of want to have a definition of the space, whether it's you know around trees <laughs> or around shrubs or a combination of both. Mm-hmm. So they want a, a bed space that's separate from their lawn. Well, here's the thing I think a lot of people don't realize. Whatever the height of the tree is, the root base has got to be just as long to support the weight of the tree above ground. Oh, absolutely. And then I've also said, if you don't believe what I'm saying, walk out into the woods. Walk out into a forest. Do you see mulch around trees and plants out there? If If nature can take care of itself, why does man think they can step in and do a one-upsman on nature when 
you know, you're killing your own plants and everything else by doing that. So my opinion is stop doing that. Yeah, it's strictly an aesthetic thing that uh, people got, uh, you know, convinced that uh, the aesthetics come from this, you know, situation because they couldn't necessarily grow something really close to the trunk of the tree. So then Mm -hmm. the other option was to use some mulch. Well, my question is, do you think your listeners are actually hopefully paying attention to this? They should just go and get a rake and rake all that stuff away from their trees. And just, like I said, put miracle, a spin layer of miracle Grow or something like that around it. And they're going to save their plant life and it will make it last twice as long. Yeah. I don't know about the fertilizer, but I definitely agree that uh, you should not be piling mulch up on anything. Right. Okay. Thank you much. I thought it was just me and my company I used to work over thought that because we no, no. actually advise customers not to do that. Right. So, okay. Well, thank you, Bert. I appreciate it. Sure. And let's go ahead and take a break. 314-436-7900 or 1-800-925-1120. Back after these messages. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Calling all pop culture enthusiasts. Are you obsessed with all things celebrity? Do you live for the drama, the laughs, and the unexpected moments that unfold on social media? Then you're going to want to tune in to the Comments by Celebs podcast. Join us three times a week as we deep dive into every aspect of pop culture. Whether it's dissecting the latest trends or just chatting about your favorite celebs, Comments by Celebs has you covered. We have new episodes out every week. Follow and listen to Comments by Celebs on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Connect with KMOX on air, online, 1120 AM, 98.7 FM, KMOX.com. Three one four four three six seven nine hundred one eight hundred nine two five eleven twenty. If you got any questions, concerns, or comments, let's see what's going on with Sharon's yard. Hi, Sharon. Hi. How are you today? Very good. Good. I have a comment and a question. Uh, the comment is that last weekend I was able to visit the uh, Chihuly exhibit at Botanical Gardens in the evening, and it was just breathtaking. It was just absolutely phenomenal. Right. Um, yes, and they were they are extending the evening viewing for two more weeks. It's oh, you're going kidding. To be, uh, through the mid-September. Wow. So, yes, yeah, so encourage everyone to go if they can. It is just really uh, – there's just really something else. So anyway, getting to my question is that um, we have a 40-year-old-plus burning bush that has grown into a tree, and we didn't know the best time or way to prune it back into its more manageable 
Well, to be honest with you, with something that old, you're not going to be able to prune it and make it, let's say, it's gotten huge, it's gotten big. You, you're not going to be able to reduce it that much. If you reduce it by more than 20%, you could really be doing some major damage to it because the stems that would remain after that are probably don't have any functional buds production possibilities anymore. So then you're just going to end up with sticks with no leaves. Mm-hmm. So I would say just leave it alone. Okay. Well, it's kind of problematic where it is. Oh. But you're having, you have, yeah, I mean, it's, it's by a sidewalk and now we're, now oh. we're ducking to go under. Yeah, um, I understand. The, the branches. That, mm-hmm. that kind of goes back to the fact of, you know, planning for mature size on things. Sure, sure. Well, it was planted before we were here, um, ah. and so they, I'm going to lay it off on them. <laughs> 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 okay, well, thank you for the information. Sure. Yeah, it's just going to, you know, I mean, you could go ahead and cut it back and see what happens. And then, obviously, you know, something that's that old, I mean, I don't know how much longer it can keep going with this crazy weather and everything else we have, but... uh that's a phenomenally old shrub, and uh, you may have to end up replacing it. So, anyway, let's head over to Molly's yard. Hi, Molly. Hi, Mike. Good morning. Good morning. Um, I've got a Korean lilac uh, bush. It's in a great spot, got plenty of sun, and I've had it about eight years. She bloomed every spring, just gorgeous. And all of a sudden, about a month ago, I started noticing some. It's really big, and over the course of the last four weeks, I've had to trim back dead the entire center of this thing. And I was just wondering if you know of any reason why that would happen to it. I mean, she's, you know, all the, the perimeter of her is great, but the inside is gone. Yeah, maybe just overshadowed, you know, as you know, by the other exterior branches. And other than that, I would say there's not too much you can really do. If it's been healthy for the you know for this long, it's just you know one of those kind of aging factors that there may not there isn't probably something specifically that's causing the problem other than age, weather, and things along that line. Glad to see one of these. I was trying to figure out if I I would love to plant another one, but. Yeah, I'm certainly go ahead. Okay. I mean, it was so pretty, and then all of a sudden, just started turning brown and dying. Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, Korean lilacs are not that necessarily the best variety to grow here, but that you know they do have their good qualities. But their lifetime is going to be somewhat limited by our goofy weather. Okay, what would be a different lilac? I love the, the, I call it aroma. It smells so good in the spring. Right. Well, the traditional type lilacs are going to get bigger than probably what you want because a Korean lilac, that's a kind of the advantage of it. I would say just get another Korean one. Okay. And just just don't expect it to be more than eight or nine years? Right. Okay. It, it may go longer than that, but it may not. Okay. Thank you. Yep. And let's see what's going on in Mark's yard. Hi, Mark. Uh, hi, Mike. Um, 
I've got some boxwoods that uh, I trimmed back a little bit uh, in early June, and uh, there have uh, been some brown, I guess, dead spots that have come about on about 15% of the, the each of those uh, uh, shrubs. Um, is is that a foregone thing that those portions of the plants are dead or will they revive? And uh, the other thing is, I still think they're too large and would like to even trim them further. Just watch out about pruning because when you're pruning in summertime, which you did, you pruned in June, probably what's happened is that the leaves that are now fully exposed that used to be shadowed, are they got sunburned. So they they are not going to uh, revive or survive, I guess. Not to, those individual leaves, no. Okay. Um, if I think they're still too large, when would be the best time to uh, prune back, or can I prune back without ruining them? Well, I mean, it depends upon you. You cut them back too far, you're going to get to that point, just like what I was talking about with the burning bush. You could get, you know, to the let's say, length of the stem or the branch or the twig, and it doesn't have any more functional ability to produce any kind of buds that are going to you know, push out any kind of new foliage. So you may end up with just some kind of ugly-looking thing. Okay, so I'm kind of stuck with their size uh, at this point, and uh, short of uh, pulling those up and replanting new ones, I've, I've kind of uh, stuck with what I have, it sounds like. Right. I mean, you could go ahead and try pruning and you you could say, well, that, you know, they worked out fine. But I'm just saying just in general that what's going to happen is they could go downhill as a result of that. So um, if I were to try to prune any further, what would be the best time to do that in the fall or spring or what? I wouldn't I would not do it in the. I'd probably, my tendency would be sometime in late winter, early springtime. So, in other words, uh, Valentine's Day to the Ides of March. Okay. All right. And we had a, a, a Japanese maple that was planted uh, this uh, spring, uh, and it's it's pretty large, and for the space it is, can that be pruned at all or not? <laughs> it was just pr- it was just planted this year. Yes, I would say no pruning at all, because the foliage is going to help get the root system established. So I wouldn't do any kind of pruning to it for probably at least one full year, if not two full years. Then after that, prune in the summertime. Great, thanks, Mike. I appreciate your help. Sure, my pleasure. And let's see. Where should we go? Let's go to Tom's. Hi, Tom. Hi. Good morning, Mike. Thanks for hosting our show. Uh, I have a comment and two questions. uh, First, for the woman with the burning bush, cut it down, get rid of it, dig up the stump. Burning bush is now an invasive species in Missouri, so make it go away. I got rid of mine a while back. (laughs) Oh, did you? Uh, Yeah, and uh, replaced it with an American beauty berry, and I couldn't be happier. Wow, great. Excuse me. Uh, my first question is, why do my coneflowers turn black and shrivel up? I, I have absolutely no luck with coneflowers at all. They don't, so you're not getting any growth whatsoever? Well, 
I, they they barely make it out of the pot before they start to die. Uh, you know, I'll get them from the nursery, plant them, and then I'm very judicious with the watering. I know they're they're fairly drought tolerant, but um, yeah, they just eventually they just shrivel up and move on their merry way. Well, that's kind of surprising because if you've got the soil prepared correctly and everything else, and you know not to overwater them. Initially, though, when you're you're planting them, you should keep them, you know, kind of damp, even though they're more drought tolerant. So maybe you're just not giving them enough water so they don't get their root system established. But they're pretty tough and durable, so I'm just surprised that you don't have any kind of success with them. Well, I'll I'll keep trying. <laughs> right now, are you buying them in full flower? Uh, yeah, and I cut the I cut the flowers off. Okay. So I would just say, uh, you know, if the location's good, it's nice and sunny and everything else, just for the first couple of weeks, you know, I'm not saying water every day, but, uh, you know, make sure they don't go through any kind of drought stress. Make sure when you're planting them that they're slightly higher than the surrounding ground so there's no mm-hmm. any kind of moisture around the stem. But beyond that, that's about all you can do. Okay, I'll keep trying. Right. And my second question is when's the best time to plant clover seed. I have uh, some woods in our backyard and there's a clearing and I want to plant clover seed back there to hopefully keep the rabbits out of our yard. (laughs) Good luck. But (laughs) yeah, I would say this is a great time of year to be doing uh, clover. Okay, great. Thanks, Mike. Appreciate it. And just make sure that when you buy the clover seed that it has been inoculated. And what that is, is it's coated with a chemical that triggers the actual germination of the actual seed. So if it's not, if it hasn't been inoculated, success as far as the percentage of seed germination may be somewhat limited. Perfect. Thanks for the tip. I appreciate it. Sure. My pleasure. 314-436-7900 or 1-800-925-1120. Back after these messages. Find out what's happening with your Redbirds from the manager himself, Oliver Marmel. Sunday mornings at 10.15 on Sports on a Sunday morning. And Wednesday mornings at 9.50. The Ollie Marmel Show on Cardinals Radio, KMOX. Back to the phones we go, and let's see what's going on with Norm. Hi, Norm. Hi, good morning. Uh, On tomato plants... I plant mine mainly in the same spot all the time. Uh, I know it's not good to do that, but how long can you, or how many years in a row can you plant tomatoes in the same area? Well, you can do it, just, you know, improve the soil on a your routine basis by adding compost to it and things like that. But uh, you can you can rotate them, but uh, you don't necessarily have to. Oh, okay. I was told that. Anyway, uh, no, that's all I have. Uh Made the B-52s fly forever. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> right. Thanks, Mike. Yep. And the, now we're headed over to Scott's yard. Hi, Scott. Hi, Mike. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. Have you heard anything or do you know anything about anything that's going around with boxwoods? Uh, they pulled through the cold winter uh, and that cold snap we had with no problems, but... Uh, Probably about two months ago, I started from like the, I guess the trunk, if you would want to call it that, 
out like a whole limb would die and turn brown, and it's still happening. I'd say on some of my bo- – now, I have some in back there, huge, big boxwoods. Those didn't seem to get affected, but the other ones uh, did, and they've been there. They've, they're established, but uh, it's just like there's spots where the, the whole stem, the whole limb has died, and probably about maybe 25 to 30 percent, and I've noticed it around – this area i didn't know if there was a fungus or a, or what it was or if there's anything i can do to will they come back or will it always be a hole in those places or no, i don't know unfortunately there will always be a hole and it's just it's related to the weather that's the only thing that it can possibly be i have two large boxwoods in my you know landscape and consequently one of them has what you're talking about where you know branch just turns brown and all the foliage yeah. on the branch and I, I just have to take those out and there's not too much and i can't i don't see any diseases i don't see any insects i don't see anything related to you know what could be problematic for a full branch like that other than just the environment oh okay so it's probably just replace them then right. be the best thing to do right Okay. Well, thank you very much for taking my call. I appreciate our show. Sure. And uh, just realize there's two different types of boxwood. One is a, the small leaf boxwood. They seem to be a little bit more fragile than the regular size. And the leaf you know is not that much different. You know what? That might be what it is. I'm glad you said that. That might be what it is because the ones in back are completely fine. Okay. Uh, okay. I'll, I'll think about that. So by which one should I replace them with then, the large leaf? Yes, just a regular one, not the micro leaf or the smaller Got leaf one. Gotcha. Okay, great. Thanks so much. Yep. And Tricia, how is your yard? Hi. Hi, Hi Mike. I would like to ask you, this started last year um, in our pepper plants last year um there was like some kind of you know bugs in there and they were on the peppers and they made it real sticky and um then it went over to our tomatoes and pretty much ruined them i mean it didn't seem like seven or any garden spray would get rid of them so this year um we put them well basically kind of in the same place you know close to the same place and this year, um, we put cucumbers next to them, and they're in my cucumbers. My cucumbers are sticky, you know, and they're just, it's very messy. Is there anything that would kill those white, well, I think they're white flies um, that you know of? Basically, it could be that. Uh, probably I just use, get some horticultural vinegar and just go after them and start, you know, spraying the plant material early on before you that say they get sticky because that means the population is really high if you're feeling uh, the stickiness you're you're feeling it on the foliage or you're feeling it on the fruits both yeah it's on both so you probably got so, a combination of insects one's probably like a uh, who knows? But, uh, you know, there could be aphids, there could be white flies, there could be all kinds of other things. Fruit flies, various things can make things sticky. The interesting thing is usually um, we, you know, we spray the plants, you know, when they're not because they just need it, but because there's little, you know, you try to keep the bugs out of your plants and not, you know, doing damage to anything. 
And these things, these things just seem to um, not, they're not susceptible to anything except maybe insecticidal soap, but it doesn't kill the, maybe you're right. It's, it's too late by the time we start putting insecticidal soap on them. Right. So. Okay. So begin before you start really, you know, perceiving yeah. that there is a problem. Okay. Okay. And this horticulture vinegar, just ask the plant folks, the plant um, store, um, and they would know how to mix it, or you just spray it on there well, on the bottle or yeah, you can you can actually mix your own. I go online to find out what the mixture is, or there okay. is some that's already been pre-mixed that you just okay. you you do the application only. You don't have to okay. mix it. Okay, I appreciate it. Thank you so much for your time and your help sure. and your program. And let's go to Elias. Elias, how are you? Good. How are you, Mark? Very good. I bought some uh, Trimex spread. It is. Uh, time to put it on the winter weed. Uh, might be a little bit early. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. I'd say wait for another cut. You know, a cut, probably like two weeks. Okay, because on the on the container it says uh, spray when broad leaves are young and activity is growing for best result. Well, that means. By by early spring will be cool, but as you said, you spray it in August or September, right? To prevent, uh, you know. Yeah, that's yeah. to kill the you know the annual type weeds. But if these are weeds that are, you know, perennial type weeds, then it's not going to have too much of an impact. Oh, okay, all right. So, so I uh, I wait till two weeks, right. like mid September. And uh, and spray them. Yeah, okay. the reason why I'm saying that is just because of you know, the intensity of the sun and everything else. So just yeah. make sure you read the label related to temperatures before you do the application. Oh yeah, you see they didn't mention the the temperature, but what mentioned is early. You know when when it starts growing. Uh, you know, for the best result means like in uh, March or February it will be too cold. Yeah, so. right. So usually they're not going to be active growth. So you're probably going to, again, it's weather dependent, but you're probably going to start to see the active growth uh, mid-April. That's probably going to be when the ground is warming up and, you know, causing this the germination or, or bringing the uh, perennial weeds, you know, out of their dormancy. Uh, is this good uh, spread, uh, Trimac, or? Yeah, it's great. It's fine. It's fine? Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay, thank you. Yep. Have a good Labor Day. You do Bye-bye the now. very same thing. And let's go and see what's going on with Walter. Hi, Walter. Hi, Mike. How you doing? Good. Um, naked ladies are uh, surprise lilies, whatever. Right. After they bloom, can you whack the stem anytime, or should you let them die off? Oh, no, you can go ahead and cut them. Okay. I mean, they, I had, they're not very nice looking once they finish flowering. So, yeah, I would say once the petals are gone, go ahead and just cut the stem down. Okay. I, I knew in the spring you need to let them die off, but and I thought, and right. I was going to whack them the other day, and it's like, well, I'll wait till next time I cut the grass. <laughs> yeah, you leave the leaves in the springtime because yeah. that builds up the bulb, it, it but the stem for the, the bulb, flower yeah. doesn't do anything. Okay. And um, iris. 
when is the best time to plant iris? To plant? I mean, to redo. I got a bed of iris that um, came up real well, but isn't blooming. So and it may be age. Some of the varieties, some of the hybrids and stuff like that, have about 8 to 10 years of good blooms, and then they just start p- producing foliage and no flowers. And if I dig them up and redo them, it won't change any of that? Not too much. I mean, you could go ahead and give it a try, but uh, don't expect a whole lot of uh, change overall. Okay. Because I'm kind of, I'm kind of needing to dig that area anyway. I got an invasive ground cover that's driving me crazy, and oh. it's in there too. I don't. Have you? I got a, the ground cover gets a little white flower in the spring. It's got a heart-shaped dark green leaf. Hmm. And I, I don't know what it is. I got a four-inch pot of it ten years ago, and it's now it's like Bermuda grass. It's just killing me. <laughs> 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 All righty. Well, I will decide what to do with my flags, and I will talk to you later. Thank you very much. Sure. My pleasure. 314-436-7900 or 1-800-925-1120. This is the St. Louis Composting Garden Hotline with Mike Miller on the voice of St. Louis KMOX. And we're headed to Anita's yard. Hi, Anita. Well, good morning. Good morning. Thank you for your program. I think there's so many people that think this is so beneficial to our area. I know I do. <laughs> uh, my question is, I've got uh, just regular, normal-sized tomato plants. Uh, and, you know, they haven't produced since we had the heat spell. I've kept them watered. But as of even today, after having this past week being cooler temperatures, did not have dry. The green ones are still there. They haven't dropped any of the green ones from two two weeks, three weeks ago. But they haven't ripened. Uh, it's just going to be a matter of you know, kind of crossing your fingers and just hope. That's about all you can do. <laughs> well, I didn't know if anyone else had anything like that. There's been, uh, tomatoes have had a, a tough time depending upon the different varieties and, right. you know, the fertilizing and the watering and everything else. But even people that have had great success have not, you know, have had difficulties this year. And then some, you know, some have not. They've had great success. You know, it's just you never know. Well, I've tried to keep miracle growed, you know, fertilized. Right. And uh, watered in. Just all at once when that heat spell hit, I think, well, get through this. We'll we'll make sure everything's watered good. But it just did not, they haven't come out of it. Yeah. And it's and just, I've also, go ahead. Oh, sometimes when, you know, they've had a, let's say, a downturn, they just don't recover all that well. Oh, really? Right. Okay. And I've also got a white dogwood I planted, oh, five and a half years ago or so. And uh, it's I've never had any trouble with it. always kept water, blah, blah. And uh, here about, oh, I'd say going on a month ago maybe, uh, the leaves have all, tur- all turned brown. Ooh. Yeah. That's dead. And, uh, <laughs> 
I've kept it. I've kept it watered. I don't know what to do. Well, probably maybe too much watering. So once something goes downhill, I mean, just watering is not something that's going to, you know, even though you've had it for X amount of years, it just, you know, times were just not good. And so there's not really too much you can do. So sorry, Anita. Oh, I didn't want to hear that. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate your program. Sure. And now let's go to Rose's yard. Hi, Rose. Hi. I just wanted to call real quick and tell you, I thought maybe you'd like to hear from a past customer. You drew a plan for me uh, a while back, and I thought I'd get back to you to tell you, thank you for all you do, because it has now been 10 years. Whoa. <laughs> I know, and you should see. You came out twice, actually. I live in Columbia, Illinois. And when you came, there wasn't anything. I had a garden path, and we went back there. I mean, we started from scratch, and you drew up this terrific plant. I mean, I'm not going to list the plants, but they were A through J. I mean, toad lily, sweet spire. I mean, what else have I got? Summer sweet, um, dead needle. I couldn't find spider worm. Well, so many of them. But anyway, I just wanted to call and tell you that I think you need the tip of the trial today. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> well, thanks. But yeah, I'm done. And it was everything that I wouldn't have to cut grass, if you remember that. I don't, you probably don't. You have so many customers. But I mean, it's full. So, and also on the one side of my house, in order not to cut grass, um, you suggested doing the spreading, the spreading monkey grass, mm -hmm. which I did, and it's totally minus maybe about a foot, totally taken over. Where I only have to cut that, like you said, at the end of the season, one time a year. Right. That's it. All right. So it turned out wonderful. So I thought I would call and just let you know. Well, thanks. Thank you. Very You're much. welcome. Thank yeah. you. Have a good day. Yeah, I'm no longer doing, you know, drawings design-wise. I'm just doing consultations. But uh, thank you, and I'm glad that it worked out for you. And, Brad, could you do it kind of quick? Yeah, I just wanted to know, I do a lot of container gardening with vegetables, uh, tomatoes, flowers, so forth. How can I rejuvenate, rejuvenate that soil? Because obviously a lot of nutrients have been taken out through this growing season. Well, as long as you're fertilizing on a routine basis, you don't really have to do too much. If it's a potting mix, I have some pots that I've, you know, I put about 20% of new potting mix in them every year, but uh, I just blend it all together and, you know, use it and use it and use it year after year after year after year. Okay, so that would be better than like a manure mix of some kind? Yeah, potting mix is okay. by far better than any kind of potting soil or any kind of, let's say, mix of organic stuff. Okay. All right. Thank you very much. Yep. My pleasure. And thanks to everybody for calling in. Not going to be able to get any more calls in today, but uh, have a great Labor Day. As I look out the window here, the sky is, you know, it's not blue-blue, but it's gray-blue. looks really nice, so this should be a great weekend for everybody. Also, in a couple of weeks, I'll be doing a remote broadcast from the Arch Grounds. So uh, you might want to come down and say hi if you can be down there. I'll be there from uh, actually 7. I take my good gardening stroll there. And then I will be broadcasting the normal time, 8 to 10. But I'll be on the Arch Grounds on September 23rd. So 
If you would like to come down and say hi, I'd greatly appreciate seeing you. And thanks to everybody for having me on your show. If it wasn't for you there, I would not be here. See you next week. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.